Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Welcome to After Work Drinks, your weekly dose of news, pop culture, and Pinot Noir, brought to you by best friends and magazine editors, Isabel, I did that the wrong way around, but we're going to go with it, Isabel Truman and Grace O'Neill. Hello. Hello. How are you? A few technical difficulties, but we're up and running. Yes. I know, post-surgery Grace. Unfortunately, I don't have the sexy, sultry, seductive voice I was hoping to suddenly have acquire you yeah. sound the same unfortunately i like your voice so that's good do you yeah i think uh, it's fine it's very, yeah it's still kind of nasally but I, I i think it's gonna take a few weeks to properly work like everything's a little bit inflamed still it was it was pretty mm-hmm. hectic i have to say for those who forgot um i had a sinus surgery like 10 days ago um and it was it was pretty intense to be frank yeah, it sounds fucking scary. And, like, I feel like because I wasn't there, I was just, like, frolicking around in Spain. Yes. Like, I didn't really realize the gravity of it until you were, like, sending me these photos. And I was like, Grace, stop. Like, you look like you've just been in, like, a car crash. I know. It was – well, I was really – I was kind of nervous about it, but he was also – the surgeon said he was, like, treat it like getting your tonsils out. So then I was like, oh, it's going to be super chilled. But I was bedridden for, like, ten days. <laughs> I was all over oh my the God. shop. I was, I was on 10 different types of medication for the first week. Zach had to look after me, did a very good job. Um, and it was super gross. I don't know. I kind of want to gross you out with the details, if that's okay. Yeah. But it was Please like, don't. so they, it was only a really small incision in my nose. Getting put under was really fun. I told the anesthetic guy that I was really scared of it. And he came in and like unbeknownst to me, just like shoved this sedative in my arm before I went into the surgery. And I was off chops. Like I was like off the Richter scale, just like laughing to myself, 
completely out of it. Just probably the happiest I've ever been, I think. <laughs> that was me when I got my wisdom teeth out. And I was like, I started like telling the surgeon guy about like all those YouTube clips of like kids when they get their wisdom teeth out. And I was like, just completely like fully high, like no idea what was going on. And then I started like mimicking one of the kids. And then I just like was not, and then I was just like knocked out the next second. Yeah. It's crazy how it like, happens. Hey. Yeah. I was like, and then he goes. And then I was just like asleep. Yeah. I was yeah just out of it in one second. And then when I came to, I was pretty groggy, but that day was chill because they gave me heaps of Oxycontin, which is like near to heroin in how hectic it is it's like what's caused the opioid epidemic in america it's super intense so i was pretty happy that day but the next few days were really bad and it was like i had to wear this gauze strip across my nose and it was pretty it was kind of big but it seemed like not that important and then the first day when i took it off after a minute it was just blood like just blood 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 gushing everywhere it was super gross oh my god it was like yeah i just like can't deal yeah and then I had to go back to him and he like, I didn't know I had stitches in my nose and he like just cut them out with like any warning and any anesthetic. Literally two seconds ago, you were like, I'm going to spare you the gory details. And No, I said, I'm going to share with you the gory details. Oh, <laughs> That's why when you were like, I yes, like, I was like, amazing. I know. I love like blood and gut stuff. But anyway, so it, like once a week now he has to suction like all this blood out of my face, which is quite horrible. Oh my God. I know. Um... Well, on the other end of the spectrum, I have... (laughs) Actually, it was so funny because Izzy was like, messaged me and she was like, I am literally deceased and in bed. And I was like, me too. And mine was because I'd had facial surgery and hers was because she'd been to a five-day music festival in fucking Barcelona. (laughs) And we both ended up in like the fetal position in beds like across the world. (laughs) For very different reasons. Yeah, tell me every single thing about it. Um, Okay, so we... Went to Barcelona, there was like 14 of us um, and we had like this amazing Airbnb um, and then it was just like this wild party because like people came from like, one of Anton's friends came from New York, like people came over from New Zealand, people came over from London, we'd just moved over, like it was just this huge big reunion of like people we hadn't seen in ages. So nice. Um, and then we, we were just like drink Aperol Spritz at the beach and then we went to the festival, which is like fucking massive, 250 thousand people go that's actually crazy i can't even imagine what that many people would look like yeah it's like so much bigger than coachella like it's so weird um and then we went to the music festival there was like random acts on like miley cyrus i was excited to see because i thought she'd put on like a massive show yeah um but she just didn't and it was like really bad (laughs) like i just (laughs) like the best part of miley cyrus was these two gay guys dancing on top of a car wearing like sequin was it that the like music was bad? Tops. Because I don't think between us, I don't think we could name five songs of hers to save our lives. Or was it just the whole, the whole thing? Um, it was the whole thing. Like her music is is very very bad. But mm. then she didn't like put on a performance or like I don't know. It was just it just felt like sloppy. Mm. Um, music critic over here. Yeah, no, I love it. I was like sitting like literally. We were sitting like so far back, like not even in her crowd, like on the outskirts just judging her which Mm. is bad like she was I was like I wanted her to be good and I really wanted to enjoy it and I wanted to like sing Wrecking Ball 
And yeah, it just wasn't. I think as well because usually with those those people who are massive pop stars, like even if you don't personally like them, if you see them live, you're kind of like, oh, I get why you're a thing. Like they would like if it was Rihanna or Beyonce, like maybe you don't love their songs, but when you see them live, you're like, oh, okay, this is why they're super famous. I thought maybe she'd be a bit like that, but no. Yeah, yeah. So that wasn't. (laughs) And then um, we watched Solange, who was like an angel sent down from the heavens above. Um, she was so good. We watched Erica Badu, who was also really good. Oh, heaven. How um, was that? Yeah, she was, she was good. She She's was, so again, cool. like, I don't know what is wrong with me. I was very judgy this festival. <laughs> she was, like, really, really good, but I, like, expected more to be honest yeah i do Um, feel like she's one of those people like a bob dylan kind of vibe like so so iconic yeah and then so slange was really great james blake was really great and then um my all-time highlight of the entire festival slash my entire life is my new found hero fka twigs yeah random tell me tell me all yeah very (laughs) random so i knew like obviously that one song and then like a bunch of her other songs from the album but I'd never been like a big fan Mm. and then she was playing at like this random time where like we were sort of like gonna go to her anyway but we just all ended up there sitting in like the prime position on these kind of bleachers Mm. um and she came out and she did like the most theatrical incredible amazing mind-blowing spectacular (laughs) performance (laughs) okay ever yeah and um like it was it was just like so cool and then she I've seen her once does, before like, like could, years and years ago and I just remember like she her dancing was just crazy like she looked like a professional dancer yeah so she she is a professional dancer oh. that was what she was before she became famous so she's right. a backup dancer um and then she for some girl not some girl a friend was telling me in the crowd as we were watching that like for one of her songs she wrote the song and then she was like for this music video clip like all I can see it is me pole dancing like being a stripper (laughs) and she was like but I just don't know how to do that and so she literally learned how to pole dance for an entire year like trained like for four hours a day just to make this three minute music video and it's people like that are so so good like I feel like I'd say that and go to one class and then just stop and then be like yeah I wasn't any good at it yeah a hundred percent and so she did that for like a year learned how to do it the music video is heaven and then um at the show she like a pole like I don't know a pole was there (laughs) and she just started pole dancing and did like this full ridiculous pole dancing routine and pole dancing is fucking mental like maybe we should do have so much strength to do what they do yeah I'm looking on pictures on her Instagram account now and she's just a goddess yeah she's a goddess (laughs) and then do you know that she goes out with um Shia LaBeouf or whatever really I thought he was married to someone else no, so she was dating Robert Pattinson for ages and they were engaged. Yeah, right. And God. now she goes out with um, Shaya. Like, how do you even yeah. say his last name? LaBeouf, yeah. yeah. Um, well, And they're like a really cute couple. If you Google image search them, they always just look homeless together but still really hot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then it was so funny because after the festival, I was just like super fragile. Like I just was so, <laughs> so, so dead to the world. And um, Anton and like everyone went to the beach and just like left me for dead in the house because like, I like couldn't move. Um, and so they were all like went off for like an entire, like they went like on a day trip down the coast of Spain. Oh my God, was, they like, fully abandoned you. Yeah. 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 Anton was like, is it fine that I go? And I said, yes. And then like two hours later, I was like text abusing him. <laughs> Um, How dare you? 
Yeah, literally. I literally said that. And he was like, what? Yeah. So and funny. then um, while they were gone, I was like, um, just watching FKA Twigs music videos and crying. <laughs> and then he came back and he came back and was like, what has happened here? Like, you're just like bawling your eyes out watching YouTube. Oh my God, I'm going to do that tonight as well. Yeah. And then, yeah, because this is something you'll really like considering like you like to watch people dancing on youtube and cry yeah oh my god thank you mm. um and then we went to like a london cafe like I'll, I'll stop talking about her in like one second but we went to a london cafe like a week after the festival and we were getting brunch and um i was like you know fka twigs and anton was just like yes <laughs> and i was like <laughs> and i was like yeah well like her music video this and then he and then he just looked at me and I was like had to stop talking because I'd started tearing up oh my goodness busy <laughs> like I was literally just like waiting for my smashed avocado and I like literally had tears in my eyes and I was like I can't I can't I was, get like, over how well that later. works a poll yeah I was literally just like we have to talk about this later because I can't like express my emotions right now <laughs> amazing so. and now you're in LA so many yeah, flights. I'm in LA. So many flights in such a short amount of time. I'm actually flying to London in two days, so I missed Izzy by three days, which is I know we're both very so pleased about that. Heartbreaking. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was literally like, I'm just going to change my flights. I'm just going to do it. I'm going to change them. But then yeah. by the time you actually arrive, it would have pushed out my trip by like a week. And I was yeah, like, oh. yeah, it's fine. It's fine. Um, but yeah, I'm in LA, and it's so nice. It is so hot. Like London right now, dude. Pack warm clothes. Yeah. Gross. Like it is cold. Like I was literally had my full winter coat on that I didn't even have out in Sydney. When it's I literally summer for them. Like that's just insane. Yeah, it, it's summer. So when I left, it was so cold that I had on like a jumper and my big trench coat and jeans and shoes. And then when I got to LA, I was like dying. It was 40 degrees. <laughs> yeah. I remember when I went to New York once and it was winter in New York, but LA is just always hot. So I was like running through the terminal to get my flight in like literally the most ridiculously oversized coat and was just sweating like a a beast once I got on my seat. <laughs> <laughs> it's so yeah. hot there. Like it was crazy. This morning I said to my friend, I was like, oh, because um, it's just, it was really weird timing, but one of my good friends just happens to be here at the same time as me. So we got like this cute Airbnb together. Um, and uh, this morning I was like, let's go for like a little walk and like we'll walk to Whole Foods and we'll get some healthy food for breakfast and we'll walk back and it'll be nice to get out and about. And we left the house and we literally made it to the driveway before I like fainted. <laughs> it was crazy. Like I was like wearing exercise gear and I was oh like still sweating like a pig. Oh my like, God. Oh my exercise God. gear. Elise changed you. It's like well, you don't it's even know nothing, who you like, are I don't own... I literally don't own any cool enough clothes, like cold enough clothes. Yeah, right. And then that's why I went to Nordstrom today and was sending you like the most outrageous photos because I was just losing my mind and wanting to buy like all this crazy tie-dye shit. I know, you like these tie-dye cutoffs that like belong at Coachella. She's like, should I buy these? I yeah, like, literally. Money. Yeah. <laughs> they were so weird. I just had like the spares out and I was like, I just think feel like I need these and then left the shop and was like, what just happened? <laughs> um <laughs> And then I was like, Grace isn't going to text me back for like five hours. But then like suddenly it's like the like one time. I have you know it's when like, a message is about clothes and I'm just drawn that to was like the first, it. Yeah. You like knew it was an emergency. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, okay. Let's talk recommendations now. 
Yes, I have you a lot. Have a bunch, don't and you? You have a lot yeah. too. Yeah, because I was sick. All I did was just sit and watch stuff for like days and days and days and days, which was good. Yeah, I, I like. I've been doing this weird thing lately where I've been like, you know, when you get in, in a nostalgic mood and you just want to rewatch old stuff. Yeah, I would do that so with Parks like, and Rec because I need. It was like comfort yeah. food TV. Yeah, so I have like shit recommendations. So you go first. Okay. Well, mine are just the Chernobyl again, which I already mentioned, but things really ramp up in the final two episodes and it's got like the most insane reviews and it's fantastic and it's on HBO so everyone should watch that it's the highest rated uh, highest rated show on IMDb yeah which is crazy because the people who vote in those things are like very hardcore I watched um dead to me on your recommendation I ripped through that did you like it I loved it it's so good huh just, don't you find it so funny yeah it's just like really like good fun entertainment i really liked it and it made me love christina applegate weirdly like i didn't really have an opinion on her before yeah love them both makes me yeah it makes me realize that there's all these actresses out there who are super super talented and who get like pigeonholed and then turn 30 and then are never allowed to act again (laughs) until something really good comes along like a good role for them Yeah, literally so bad like jessica biel yeah, exactly. Just so many people like that. And Rachel McAdams, just people who were famous for five minutes and then dropped off. Anyway, um, so I watched that. I watched the second season of Fleabag, but we're going to talk about, uh, about that a little bit later on. But I ripped through that. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. I watched me and Zach have been watching heaps of Portlandia. Have you seen that? No, I it's, haven't even heard of it. Yeah, so it's 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 kind of old. It's Fred Armisen, who's an SNL guy, and Carrie Brownstein, who was the – bassist or guitarist for Slater Kinney and they're in it together and it's just super it's just super funny it's like that like cute cool like offbeat kind of indie like reminds me a bit of like maybe Flight of the Concords or something like that oh I want to watch it yeah it's really good and then I what else did I watch I watched oh I watched um When They See Us oh yeah 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 I've heard of that yeah which is just horrendously grim um it's about the Central Park Five which was a case in the 90s in New York where a woman was really brutally raped in Central Park and these five um, young African-American boys aged like literally age 14 to 18 or something insane. Um, the prosecutor at the time who was called Linda Fairstein just completely zeroed in on them and was like, it's these guys. Um, and they created this whole case around it basically and then these five young kids went to jail and they didn't do it. Um, and they, I think they, the last one was in there for like 16 years or something completely It's so outrageous. crazy. And it's so fascinating how the case was overturned actually. It was because the guy who actually did it, who had been basically on a rampage for like three weeks, he'd sexually assaulted like five different women in very similar situations and assaulted three more because they didn't catch him on this Central Park case. He went to jail for the sexual assault and years later happened to be in the same prison as one of the guys who was wrongly accused. They got in a fight over the TV remote in prison and ended up talking and he found out through talking to this guy that this guy was in prison for a crime he knew he'd committed. So he came forward and that's the only way they got out. Oh my God. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. um, The people we were staying with in London were watching the first episode when – we were when I was like packing to leave, and I was like, "This looks so hic-. like everyone was just like, you know, when you watch something and you can't help but like speak out loud." Yes, <laughs> like everyone was just being like, everyone was just being like, "Oh my god, yeah. no!" 
The thing that's hard yeah. is like a lot of people have said that they have stopped watching or don't want to watch it because it's really hard to watch and because it's just like bad to bad to bad to bad to bad. Like everything's grim yeah. and horrible. But I think it's Ava DuVernay directed it and I think she sort of come out and said that – or some other people have come out and said that even if it's difficult to watch, you kind of – you almost like owe it to I don't know the world to know yeah, what happened. I, yeah, it's I really feel like important. That. Yeah, yeah, and it does. There's been some that gr- shit happens like all the fucking time. Happens all the time, and I think what was really interesting about the show was that the woman who was the most hardcore and getting these kids behind bars was a feminist. So she was her name's Linda Fairstein, and she was so passionate about reducing sex crime like reducing rape basically in new york that she wanted to use this case as an example to others and she became so focused on getting justice for this woman that she ended up creating an even worse injustice and i think it there's been some really good um pieces like there was a great piece on nylon about how it's a really good example of that really specific strand of white feminism you know where it's like rich middle-aged white woman is a feminist but only when it applies to other, you know, wealthy white women and has complete, like, tunnel vision when it comes to race. Yeah. So that was really good. And then I also watched Documentary Now, which is Fred Armisen as well. It's three guys from who who are ex-SNL comedians and they've basically done this, like, spoof series. Each episode is is a funny mockumentary knockoff of a of an iconic documentary. Sounds a I bit I feel like niche. that's such a Zach show. Did he find that? Yeah. No, I did actually, but that's like quite, it's quite on brand for us. <laughs> it's a couple. <laughs> so funny. <laughs> yeah. So I watched all three seasons of that. So I've watched just a crazy amount of TV. Yeah. Um, I love that you watched Dead to Me. I finished that and I was like, it, I don't know. I know that it was just like an easy yeah. chick flick thing, but I was like, I just love, I love those little bits of like the dark humor. Yes. Or just literally like when she leans over to, when her, when the grandma's like saying something in church and then the mum just leans over and is like, she's like, she's just talking shit. Yeah. She's like fucking with you or something. <laughs> yeah. And when she was like, she was like, oh, me and my mum had a great relationship. And she was like, really? And she was like, no, I was a cunt. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's it's just like so good like that. Yeah, um, so I rewatched the first season of Girl. So yeah, we won't talk about Fleabag because we're gonna like go into it in more detail later. But I was watching that as well, and then it made me want to go back and rewatch Girls. Mm. So I rewatched the first season of Girls again, which is just like a bloody brilliant piece of TV. Remember the bit when um like when Hannah's dancing in her room to um robin you know yes. that song dancing on my yeah, own yeah yeah and she's just like dancing around and then marnie comes home and like stands in the doorway and then smiles and starts dancing with her i'm just like that is just beautiful yeah it is beautiful girls was that girls was very fantastic television yeah i want to read because I, I remember it got shit at some like i feel like season like four or five four and five just like were bad but i kind of mm. want to go back and like find all those really like good bits yeah and Elijah is just the best character in the fucking world. I know. Like he's so good. He seriously is. She got such an amazing <laughs> supporting cast in that show. Yeah, when she goes to um, tell him that she's got HPV and she, like, meets up with him and then he's <laughs> just like, you're, and he's just like, your dad is gay. Like, <laughs> if you should be looking anywhere, it's towards your dad. And then she was just like, what? 
<laughs> and she was like, I'm determined to have the last word in, in this. And he was like, bye, your dad's gay. And was like, oh, <laughs> I forgot about that. It's so yeah, funny. Um, so I watched that and I watched it on the plane and I was like, like just like shaking in my seat. Like I was literally just like silently <laughs> shaking like, like Santa Claus. Like I just couldn't oh, stop. I want to watch it too. Um, and then I watched the first episode of Big Little Lies season two. Oh, how was that? Have you have you have you watched Big Little Lies season one? I have. I haven't seen season two. I haven't watched that new episode yet. Oh yeah, it's good. Um, I kind of thought more was going to happen in it, but then again, I did watch it like when I arrived in LA and I hadn't slept in twenty four hours. So I was like, unless like Nicole Kidman gets shot, this like isn't enough. <laughs> I kind of so. felt like like I know I guess it will be amazing because of Meryl, but I'm like, I almost feel like it didn't need a second season. I was. I was like, yeah, it, yeah. It was nicely contained in that little story. I don't really know what else is, they have to work with. Well, that's the thing. Like, it definitely didn't need a second season. But that, like, I don't know. It'd be so like, wouldn't it be so hard when you just like do something and it's such a hit, and you're like, well, I mean, we always could make a second season. Like, you just you'd just be like, I just want to. Yeah, exactly. And Meryl Streep apparently said, I just want, I want to be in it. Like, I don't even need to be a script. I just want to be in it. And they're like, fine. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. We'll, we'll make create a, a whole season. season for you. Yeah. Um, she, yeah, she's really, really good in it. So you wouldn't even have gotten, like, I put on After Work Drinks that meme today. And it honestly made me laugh. Like, I was like, thought I was so funny. Yeah, I actually laughed out wouldn't. loud at that. And I didn't even know the scene. <laughs> so good. <laughs> But like the thing is, Anton always, if Anton orders Thai for us, like without a doubt, he will forget to get the rice. Yeah. I'm like, every person. time. And yeah. I'm like, how does this happen time and time again? Like I just, I cannot believe it. And then the Thai arrives <laughs> and we get it out and I'm so happy. I'm like a happy little puppy. And then we bring it out of the bag and there's no rice. And I'm like going to kill someone. <laughs> And it will be him. <laughs> uh, and then what else did I do? I oh, I've been like listening to random podcasts. Like I listened to, it was so weird. I just wanted some Barack Obama time. Um, mm. And I listened to the What the Fuck with Mark Maron episode. Oh my god, how good Obama is that episode? Yeah, but I, like I think I'd already listened to it before. Uh. <laughs> but I re-listened. Um, yeah, and it's from like 2016 or yeah, yeah. or something. Um, but yeah, it was like, that was really great. And it was just kind of confronting, like right at the start, they're talking about the gun laws in the US. And there's obviously just been a mass shooting like two days before. And Obama's just like, dude, we just like need to change the gun laws. Like, it's just crazy. Yeah. Like, how many more of these does there need to be? And then there's been like a thousand more. Yeah, exactly. It must be so frustrating when you're like the most powerful person in the country and you still couldn't do anything to stop it. Yeah, I I didn't really realize he was so um, vocal about it until then. I think the Sandy Hook thing, I think he talked about it in that, how Sandy Hook was the thing that just like totally sent him over the edge with it. I think that was the only time you saw him get really angry ever, like in an interview or on camera or anything was after that when they, they shut down, when the like Congress rejected the proposals. Yeah, that's so true. Good old Obama. Um, good old Obama. Um, and then that's about it. But what I do want to talk about, and I've been dying to talk about, and I haven't had anyone 
to talk to you about it is Bradley Cooper and Arena Shake splitting up. I know. I know. I really, when I saw the reports that were like, report, she's moving out. I was like, how the fuck would anyone know that? Like, that can't be true. Like, what did she do? Like, call TMZ while she was packing her shit up? Like, how would anyone know? But then it ended up Yeah, but and then it's so weird because there's literally photos of her in like a very chic outfit I carrying know. a suitcase down the stairs it's she like what, so like, stylish but also what like as if she needs to be anywhere with a suitcase no that's what i mean like, that's what i mean and like at what I, I just i don't understand it at all like you've there's like 11 photos of them together on the whole internet and yet apparently on this day they know where she lives and what time she's leaving and we'll publish photos of it. Like, it's pretty bizarre. The whole thing yeah, felt like, a little, like, staged. And they're being photographed like at the nail salon. Like, I don't, yeah. And, like, where's the baby? It's like, all just kind of weird. She just never has to carry a suitcase. Yeah. So odd. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, that. And then, yeah, she went to the nail salon, got her nails done, which is also, like, very iconic. Yeah. Um, And then, I don't know, it's just, it's, like, I don't want to be that person. <laughs> I know. But I just, like, am that person. Like, I'm just like, what is this about? Because surely it cannot be a coincidence that, like, A Star Is Born came out. There was all that drama. Lady Gaga and her fiancé broke up, and now they've broken up. Like, I'm not saying they they were having an affair or anything, but I feel like the pressure of, like, whatever the fuck with A Star Is Born, like, everyone's saying that there's stuff going on, him being away, filming, him being absent, like, A Star Is Born reached their relationship. Oh yeah, for sure. It's really I, I. You know what I actually thought? I thought when she started appearing with him on the red carpet for all that stuff, that things were not going well because couples are super, super, super like private when they're happy, and then when you know what I mean. Like I feel like he mm. made her make a point of coming and like standing and being happy couples and everything because he didn't want yeah, to feed the speculation so that they weren't okay. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I feel like it goes like. This is how relationships go. It's like you first get together and you post about each other all the time because you want everyone to know that you're like so happy and in love and you love this person and you yep. want to like make it more valid by like posting about it. Like you want to make mm-hmm. the relationship more legit. So mm. you post all the time. Then you're just like in a relationship and you just never post about each other ever. Sometimes yeah. I just go and like delete delete photos of Anton from Instagram. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh, it looks shit on my grid now. Like that's gone. Yeah. Um. And then, yeah, and then you, like, get, like, rocky and the pics start popping up. Exactly. Or you're applying for a visa for London and the pics start popping up. <laughs> <laughs> to prove that your Literally, I got told, real. yeah, I got told they check your, like, social media channels and stuff. That's crazy. People wouldn't even know mm. that Zach existed online. Yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> so, yeah, I... I want to know what – I mean, obviously, we're not going to hear anything else about that. So, God I know, knows. I know. She's going to keep that, keep it tight-lipped, unfortunately. Um, another thing that I – I don't know if loved is the right word, but was very intrigued by was – the the whole Madonna interview thing. Did you see that with New York Magazine? Yeah, I did. I haven't read like the full thing, but I've skimmed it. I read the full thing in the bath. It's quite long. <laughs> mm. But um, I so basically what happened was Madonna was interviewed by the New York Times, 
in conjunction with her new album, which is about to come out. And the profile is by a woman called Vanessa Grigoradis. Grigoradis? Sorry if I'm saying that wrong. Um, and Madonna was really unhappy with it and took to Instagram to complain about it. And she said that to say she was disappointed was an understatement and that the nature of the interview made her feel as if she was raped. And then she said, I'm allowed to say that because I was raped myself when I was a teenager. Yeah, um, so then obviously that like piqued my curiosity and I went to read the story and I think the thing it's a, it's actually a really well-written profile. I actually really enjoyed reading it. It's really long. Um, but I, I think the thing that she took issue with was that they mentioned her age quite a lot um, and she sort of framed it as a like women bashing women, women being agents of the patriarchy. Would you talk about a man if he was 60, which I understand, but by the same token, it's like this difficult thing where it kind of feels disingenuous to me not to acknowledge how impressive it is that Madonna is still relevant and sexy and important and pop culture at 60 because no women have really done that before. Yeah, I feel like it's that weird thing where like, she like I feel like this writer from what I've read. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous to your contracts, they said, "What the f- are you talking about? You insane Hollywood ass." So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Really appreciates and really is like, what's the word? Um, is an awe of Madonna. Yes, she seems kind of starstruck and like, by her. Yeah, yeah, and she's not saying. Yeah, she's not trying to say it to be like, oh my god, well done, you. You're mm. like still famous I think she's just sort of pointing out but like I get I totally get what Madonna means where it's like you wouldn't say that about any male celebrity which is so frustrating yeah Um, you wouldn't be like Mick Jagger at 60 like like I actually even like I I thought it was kind of weird when you know when Kylie Minogue turned 50 recently Mm. and there was just like so much hype around it like everything was about her turning 50 all the interviews she did she did like cover cover stories and like cover shoots and like basically like birthday sparkle outfits for her 50th and like I feel like it's a little bit different because she released an album called like golden or something Mm. to be about the golden years I think but like still every second question was like how does it feel to be 50 50 this 50 that and I was like god like I don't even like turning like 20 something like imagine I know yes and also that thing of like I just feel like you don't know the age of male celebrities as a rule like I wouldn't know no like Brad Pitt like like, no one's ever like no one's ever done like a photo shoot with yeah 
Like Leonardo DiCaprio when he turned 50. Yeah, like 50, Leonardo probably. at 42 or whatever. Yeah, so I yeah. do understand. But I also felt like I, – I, I felt like reading the piece that the writer was really candid about how difficult she found interviewing Madonna. And there's a whole section at the end where she's like – I found it really frustrating towards the end of our interviews. Like, keeping in mind this is a New York Times journalist. Like, this isn't some fluff piece for, I don't know, TMZ or Rolling Stone or something. Like, it's a very serious, proper, qualified journalist who has to treat all her subjects the same. And she was like, every time I tried to push her on something, she would just give me sort of woo-woo answers and wouldn't really give me anything concrete or cohesive to work with and it became kind of frustrating and you could see they were in a bit of a tug of war by the end because she just wouldn't give her anything and I kind of wondered if Madonna was like I just I just think using the analogy of being raped for a profile that you don't like about yourself is a little tone deaf (laughs) yeah it's a lot she I read like a Guardian op-ed about it um and this woman like kind of went in on the New York Times writer mm. just being like, oh, I can't even remember what it was called, but basically being like, we've got an obsession with youth and like there's a huge difference between like how, how we treat men who age and women who age and it's all about what society deems like alluring and acceptable and like this isn't good enough that we're do- like talking about this with Madonna. And I was just like, yeah, I yeah, it's, it's a hard one because – I think Madonna like definitely overreacted in the, her response. Yeah, especially because... for someone who has been sexually assaulted. I just feel that it, what's really interesting is that she used that analogy during their interview about something else, about like paparazzi photos of her, unflattering paparazzi photos of her. She said something like, it felt like I was raped. And then the writer writes in the story, I didn't have the guts to tell her that we're not using that as an analogy in 2019. So the fact that she went and like used it again to refer to this, I kind of feel like. Oh my god! I feel like she lost points in my book with that thing because it feels like she just says it about things that she doesn't like, and it's just yeah, kind of that's off. crazy. So she like and she like would have read that yes. in the New York Times piece, being like, "We don't use that as an analogy," and she went off and was like, "It felt like I'd been raped." Yeah, and also like the interviewer interviews her about Harvey Weinstein. In a Vogue UK profile recently, she was asked about finding Neverland. Finding Neverland, sorry. Leaving Neverland. <laughs> Fuck. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. About leaving Neverland. And in both those cases... <laughs> Wait, she... is finding Neverland, like, literally like Tinkerbell? It, yeah, it's like the... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, Peter Pan. Yeah. <laughs> um, leaving Neverland. Um, she basically suggested in the Vogue UK profile that those guys had made it up for money and then she talked about Harvey Weinstein in this profile in a way that kind of didn't fully condemn him. Like, I I just think the summation of that plus the rape analogy, I was a bit like, I don't, I don't know if I'm on Madonna's side with this mm. one. Yeah, I'm on the side of, like, yeah, we as a society need to stop focusing on like having this crazy obsession with youth and focusing on aging because it mm. sucks and because I'm getting older and it sucks. Mm. And like, why are we, we're all just so, like, we just like fetishize, fetish, fetishize. Yeah. No, we do. Oh it's, my God, I just found crazy. another word I can't say. Fetishize. Fetishize. I literally cannot get it out of my mouth. Youth. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think I think th- this is the thing that the writer was getting frustrated at because I think she wanted to have a candid conversation 
with Madonna about this because she's a good point of reference because she's 60 but she still wears like skimpy lingerie and dances about sexy on stage and I think the writer was trying to say as a woman who myself is having a lot of trouble coming to terms with you know being I think the writer's like you know 50s she was like coming to terms with aging and feeling like I'm not as beautiful or as desirable and trying to make sense of that and do we is the way that we do that by saying fuck it and and trying to remain youthful as we get older or is the answer to lean into aging like I think she wanted to have really interesting conversation about that I don't think she wanted to be like Madonna 60 Madonna 60 Madonna 60 like I think she thought they could have a good candid conversation about how to change the the rhetoric around it yeah and then this happens and then this happens yeah so I don't know what the answer is I think the aging thing is it's a really important conversation. It's it's like terror. It's terrible for women. It happens all the time. Even Christina Applegate and um, Linda, what's her name? Linda Cardellini. Like she was in Freaks and Geeks. They're both amazing comedic actresses. And unless someone who is an older woman who created Dead to Me wrote a show about women in their forties who were funny and cool and normal and interesting, they just would have not worked probably again for the next year or whatever. You know? Yeah, I was actually reading. What was I re- No, I was listening to an interview with um, Phoebe Waller-Bridge today, which is a little bit of a segue into our next topic, yes. um, where she was literally saying that, like, she, when she was younger, um, she felt so confused because the message that was being sent out was, like, that image was how we should value ourselves. And she said that she read a woman's magazine and they were like, we asked, like, they were basically like, we asked all the men in the world, like, every man, and um, came to the age like the perfect age for a woman is 25 like and and she was just like what the fuck like and she said that she was 25 at the time and she was just like oh god like it's like literally all downhill from here I'm at my peak like it's it's just insane that is so so young and every men who achieve amazing things like their peak is like quote unquote peak if you ask would be like 40 is when you hit yeah, your stride absolutely. and you get your career comes together and you finally start doing your best work. And you know what I mean? It's just up, up, up and up. Whereas women literally have this shelf life. It's so gross. Mm. Um, well, our, another thing we wanted to discuss tonight is because like, it's funny because me and you always do this where we'll like, we'll sort of be like, what should we talk about on the podcast? And then we're like, I have no idea. There's literally nothing's happened. Like there's nothing that's gone on. And then we realize that like the exact thing we want to talk about is the exact thing that we've been just talking about all week. Yeah, like, no. <laughs> not with the podcast in mind. Yes. Um, and we have just been like obsessed and messaging each other back and forth um, with Fleabag, which is created by Phoebe Waller-Bridge, who also stars in it. She's the main character. Um, and she is the, she's an actress, but she's also a like director and producer um of killing eve so she created she created killing eve but fleabag it was actually created like a few years beforehand and now it's just big because of killing eve right um so yeah she made so she made fleabag her first show is called crashing which i haven't watched yet but we should we should watch that too since we're obsessed with it's her on netflix i just started it's on it. netflix oh yeah yeah my mum mm. says it's amazing <laughs> glowing yeah. review from coral but um so they did she did Crashing and then she did Fleabag actually started as a play that she turned into a TV series and then in between the 
first and second series of Fleabag, she made Killing Eve. She's playing, she's coming to London and doing Fleabag one last time in London. Oh my and God. And the tickets sold out, like the tickets sold out in an instant. Like apparently it was like, my friend said it was harder to get the tickets um to that than it was to get tickets to Glastonbury. <laughs> oh my God. My mum went like fire uh, three or four years ago and saw it live in Perth. My God, Coral. She brought it to Perth. Yeah, she was like so ahead of the game. And she, I was telling her about Fleabag and she was like, oh yeah, I saw, I saw her. She, put, she, she was like, she performs the whole first season whittled down to one single hour and it's just her sitting on a chair acting it out basically. I was like, I would literally cut so off my cool. arm to watch that. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, she like we just we just have the biggest crush on her now because like I when I was watching it, it was so funny. I was watching it and I didn't realise that it was her. As I was watching Fleabag at the right. start, I was just like, oh, this is great. And I thought she had just created it. And then I Googled her and I was like, oh, it's her. Yeah. <laughs> like, what the fuck? <laughs> She's such an incredible like a, another... actress on top of everything. So Fleabag is like, it's a, it's it's kind of that unruly woman, dish, like, kind of vibe where she swears and has sex and drinks and is really. Yeah. So she she's a British woman in her early 30s um, and she owns a cafe in London um, and then she like, so like as the show, so during the show, she talks to the camera. So she'll just be like talking to whoever. She'll just be like chatting to like a guy in her cafe, in her coffee shop. And then she'll like address the camera. And it's just like, it's kind of like House of Cards. Yeah. 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 Like exactly. How he does that. But, but and, funny. But just so funny and so well written and so clever and so like stylishly shot and everything. It's just, oh. when I was in film school, everyone always wanked on about Fleabag and I feel like I almost didn't watch it because I was so sick of hearing everyone talk about it. <laughs> when I watched the first episode it was yeah because it's the same sort of thing like people have been telling me to watch it for so long and I was just like oh yeah I'll get there in the end but it is literally like our exact tv show like there was mm-hmm. not a tv show that like could be made that's better suited to us like I know. girls is like one of my favorite tv shows ever and it's very much like girls like in the same sense as like Lena Dunham created and produced and stars and girls, Phoebe Waller Bridge is the same, and then it's the same sort of humor and the same sort of like, like unfiltered stuff. Mm. But when in the first episode, like I was lying on the bed and I think I'd like forced Anton to put headphones in so I could watch it and he could watch his own thing. Um, and I was like shaking, like just like silently shaking the bed because I was laughing so hard I couldn't breathe. <laughs> It was so fucked. Like, it's so funny. Honestly, and like, I don't want to wreck it, but you know the like scene at the start where it's like why her boyfriend broke up with her? Yeah. That's just me. I know. That literally is you. I read an interview yeah. with her in The Guardian and she said that that scene, I feel like we can just say it. It happens so early on and it'll probably make yeah, people want to watch it. That she, her boyfriend breaks up with her because he wakes up and she's wanking to Obama making a speech. Yeah, and he's like just addressing like he's literally just on a podium like making like it's just that she's like just watching him on the news yeah. but because he's like obama obviously yeah she just starts like wanking and then like the funniest <laughs> part is he wakes up and he's like what are you doing like leaps out of bed and she's just like i'm watching the news and he was like oh yeah you're watching the news and she's like yeah yeah i'm, wa- I'm just watching the news and he was like well, what was he talking about then and she just like is like silent and then she's like iraq <laughs> it's just like not Iraq like it just wasn't about Iraq at all but that's like all she could think of when it comes to Obama 
so I know it's good. so good. But she she said in that Guardian profile that that scene is the thing that every single woman who she's ever met who's a fan of the show says she's like you just get me she was like that scene you just understand who i am obama i wonder how many women in the world have wanked over barack obama yeah. it's like every single person who's ever seen fleabag has been like that is me me and then she said i haven't but i don't know why i haven't yeah i haven't either but like i get it <laughs> yeah, same says, i like she really says in that interview she's like she's like Obama represented hope. So in a way, we're wanking for hope. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, she's just so funny. So, like, yeah, I don't know if we – I guess I guess we kind of made it clear that it's a comedy. It's, it's just, like, it's so fucking funny. And she's just a funny, cool woman. Like, I the just second season is more obsessed with her. so good as well, Izzy. I can't wait for you to watch it. It's, like, I think it's better than the first season. And she falls in love with, with a hot priest. Yes, I'm up to – where am I up to? I was watching it on the plane. Oh, so I downloaded – Fleabag season one, Fleabag season two, and Girls. Yeah. And was watching it all on the plane and, like, just shaking. I think I got up to episode, like, four. Oh, yeah, episode four. Oh, so so that's pretty far into it. It's so good, hey? I'm kind of in love with the priest, too. Yeah, same. (laughs) Anyway, I just thought of another bit. When, like, they're at the feminist lecture and the lecture is, like, put your hand up if you've ever thought – if you've ever – Put your hand up if you would shave five years off your life for, like, what is considered the perfect body. Yeah, no. They just, like, whip their hands in the air. I, I love that so much because I was, like, I've thought about that so many times since then. Because I literally think I would, which is so scary. Yeah, which is crazy. Five years off your <laughs> life. <laughs> like, five whole years for a great body. I know. Disgusting. Same. Same. Actually, I got like you know who she's dating. Actually, it's who? amazing. She's dating the guy who wrote and directed three billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri. Oh my Just like god! Just like the literally the ultimate power couple, like Martin McDonough. Even. I know. I love it. I love that movie. I know how. Like how good is that? Just like the. Just these. Imagine their conversation. They'd, they'd be so smart. And then, like, obviously, so her whole thing is like very feministy as well so she sort of like talks about how she feels like like on Fleabag how Fleabag feels like a bad feminist and like feels like she's not doing enough and then I was listening to a couple of interviews with her so she went on um How to Fail you know that podcast with Elizabeth Day yes and it's actually it's actually such a good episode because they're they're friends and you know how sometimes that can be like a bit annoying when Mm. it's friends interviewing each other this is this isn't like kind of like brings this extra element of like fun because obviously Phoebe's so funny that mm. like because she knows Elizabeth she's just like opening up way more yeah cool. um so it's really good and then in it she was talking about how like actually I can't remember if it was that one or she also went on awards chatter this other podcast and I listened to that too and on one of them she was just talking about how she always felt like she was just like a bad feminist and that she wasn't doing enough but like if you're a feminist, the one thing you have to do is just, like, try to help women have equal rights to men. Like, this, like you don't need to, mm. like, worry that you're wearing too much makeup or worry that you, like, I don't know, take a selfie and, mm. like, that makes you not a feminist. And I really like that. And then also yeah, cool. how um, – what we were talking about before about how she, like, always creates those strong female characters. Mm. Oh, yeah. I think the – it's so obvious like a woman writing these characters because there's so much interesting depth 
to every single person that she writes in the show. Like her characters are just so interesting and fleshed out and complicated and difficult and it's not even a likable, unlikable thing. Like they just feel like real people who you've met and who you know and they're not doing it in some annoying on the nose this is a feminist show way. Like they're just, it literally just feels like real women. And I was just thinking when we were watching it, I was like, you know, I just think how different life would be if every single thing we'd consumed from being kids involved women who felt real, if that makes sense. Because so much of the stuff Mm. we grew up watching was guys kind of writing movies about or tv shows about really really interesting male characters and then kind of having a stab at maybe how a woman would respond to that character you know and maybe the the female characters were okay but you never got this thing where you're like oh my god i know that girl i've met that girl i kind of am that girl like that's that happens to us so rarely yes so like so rarely it's happened like twice in the entirety of like my time watching tv but also i feel like it's it's like equally as important for men to see it as well yeah like I was I was sort of like oh Anton you won't like this but then I was like shaking with laughter so hard that he was like what is going on and then like started watching it and just like really liked it like yeah and I was like you know I was just like this is what because I feel like I feel like guys probably literally think girls like these completely different creatures until they get a girlfriend and then Mm. they're like oh my girlfriend is like different like my girlfriend farts like my girlfriend yeah. like swears or like she she's like more boyish than I thought yeah, yeah, and, yeah but they exactly. don't think that it's like every single one of us like or like yeah, they don't yeah. even see like the broad spectrum of it like they might see like the like semi not like semi completely normal bit but like I don't know it's just nice to see him like seeing this girl being like just as weird if not weirder than me yeah no a hundred percent it's, it's 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 like a relief watching TV like that. Mm. Makes you feel like and like a, like more more of a person. Yeah, and like with Killing Eve, um, so Veronelle, which is the she's the assassin on it, played by Jodie Comer. She's um like a main she's the main character who's like a woman, but she feels no guilt acting like a man so her whole thing is like she's an assassin going around killing people but she just doesn't care at all and like um phoebe was saying that she was like we're so used to seeing males kill on screen without any remorse like you wouldn't even think twice if like liam neeson shot someone and walked away but when you see like jodie coma shoot someone and walk away or smile like it's really confronting and weird yeah a hundred percent and it's really interesting, actually, because another show that I watched while I was sick was Barry, which is a HBO show um, with Bill Hader, who was on SNL. And he wrote and directed it. And it's about like it's a dark comedy. It's about a hitman who's trying to quit being a hitman and become an actor in L.A. And it's really funny and super, super well done. But I was reading um, a profile about it in The New Yorker, and he was saying that people said to him that his girlfriend in the show whose character is called Sally they were like oh she's really like unlikable or she's really annoying and then one of the female writers in the room was like he shoots people to death like that's his character like and you still find the girl the unlikable one yeah and you're like oh the girl's it was like in Breaking Bad as well how everyone hated Skylar and not the like murdering she was just trying to like stop her husband from like being a dealer 
Yeah, it just you whatever it's just whatever role the woman is in, people just find aggravating somehow. Whereas with Killing Eve, it's like that cool kick-ass character that you just can't help but love gets to be the girl. Mm. And there's so many other cool parts about it. Like um, in the book, I think the, the two char- the main characters were the same age and they were both young. But in the show, Phoebe made Sandra O's character like mid-40s and Veronelle's like mid-20s. So there's that age difference. But then they're like very, very similar. So it's like kind of being like there's no difference between us even though like there's decades between us and then also Sandra O's character just doesn't have kids but they like don't address it at all which is really good like like they they don't even address like whether they want kids whether they don't want kids whether they tried for kids or anything it's just like not addressed it's just like a couple who are mid-40s who don't have kids yeah that's Um, so true I never even thought about that something I actually wrote about for Elle earlier this year um I wrote a piece about and I was inspired by killing eve that was like the basis of it but about how as well now that you've got more women writing tv and film you're seeing fashion and clothing used in more interesting ways i feel in tv and film now like it's being utilized Mm. as like a storytelling device more so than in the past so like with killing eve everyone's obsessed with what villanelle wears because she wears the most amazing clothes and they're all designer and it's like dries van noten and molly goddard and um prada and chloe and every single outfit is just heaven but totally different and the costume designer said that she spent lots of time talking to phoebe about how villanelle doesn't have because she kind of doesn't have a personality because she's completely devoid of emotion she has to be drawn to clothes in a real like magpie-like way. So one day she'll wear head-to-toe one look and then the next day she'll wear something that's completely jarring and doesn't flow, but that's just a reflection of her personality. So you can never really get a handle on who she is and that was why the clothes were designed that way. And I was like, I just think that when women make stuff, those things that maybe in the past would have been seen as like frivolous, like, oh, who cares what they were, whatever – it's now adding like an extra dimension to stories. Mm, that's so true. I literally, I like literally hadn't thought of that. Good old clothes. The good old clothes. <laughs> Love them. Love them. Um, I want to end this little segment with the funniest bit from um, Phoebe's interview with Elizabeth Day on her podcast. And she's like explaining um, when she met Meryl Streep. So she worked with, Meryl Streep on the set of um, The Iron Lady in 2011. Oh, that's And, like, Meryl Streep is obviously Meryl Streep. And so she, like, freaks out a bit. And I'll just, like, insert a little soundbite here. (laughs) What did you say to Meryl Streep that was weird? Well, Meryl Streep was doing The Iron Lady and she was in this prosthetic sort of whole body face scenario. The lights were so hot, so whenever she was on set, she didn't, she couldn't really speak in between because so much energy was taken up and just like acting through this, you know, mask and everything. So when the lights, so she would never say anything in between cuts, and we always knew, and she was always like, "I'm really sorry, but I just can't. I knew I just need to like power down, have a glass, like sip some water through this straw." But there was one day when uh, the lights went off, they called cut, and then she just turned around to this room of people and went, you know, in her Margaret Thatcher voice, and just went. Hey, you know, how's everybody's day? And everyone just freaked out. Everyone just like froze in the room because they were like, oh my God, everyone at the same time. Like we were like vultures, just like this is our moment <laughs> to have, to share words with Meryl Streep. 
and uh, so everyone sort of was being very casual and it was that the scene was like a drinks party or something but edging towards her with this kind of wild look in their eye and everyone was trying to have some some personal bants with uh, with Meza so she was just opening the conversation and then it was getting like weirdly competitive and we were like crowding around her but everyone was trying to be very casual and then she started up this conversation about something anyway I tried a joke and it landed <gasps> and she laughed and she was like oh and everyone else just looked at me with steel and an ashen face and fury and I was like I won it she's mine she's mine so she was mine but after that I was like she's totally mine she's totally mine we're gonna have a day together we're gonna like like nod to each other respectfully in the corridors we're gonna we may even like you know graduate to a drink at some point and then um at lunchtime I was sitting at this table with everybody and I was eating this apple crumble and she came down the stairs. She was feeling lively this day, uh, obviously outside of the prosthetic. She came down the stairs and she was walking towards me and I was like, oh my God, oh my God. Like, she's going to come to the table and we're friends now because I was the one that made her laugh. And she walked up to the table and she put her hand on my shoulder and she said, uh, oh, what are you eating? I will never answer why this. I got so excited about the banter with Mel that I flung my apple crumble straight into my chest <laughs> my costume chest and I and I literally squawked my apple crumble <laughs> and she went oh and then she went back to her American accent which she hadn't done for the whole time and she went I wasn't going to take it from you <laughs> and I was just holding this awful like dripping mean? pudding over my my beautiful silk shirt that they made. and I'm just holding it there really tightly not letting it go I was just like oh my god oh my god everyone's doing me like what was that? That was the strangest response. And then she was like, oh, okay. And then she, she moved off and then I had to go and apologise to the costume thing. Oh, and get my so just weird stuff like that. You made her break character. You made Meryl Streep break character. How good? How good is that? <laughs> it's so funny. It just doesn't even make any sense. My apple crumble. <laughs> and she said that it made Meryl Streep break a character for the first time on set ever like the whole time on set she'd been talking as margaret thatcher and then she was like i wasn't gonna take it from you and walked off she'll just oh like oh my god yeah and it's so funny how famous phoebe Waller-Bridge is now like meryl will just be like that fucking girl that girl i know and also quickly um another amazing thing about phoebe Waller-Bridge is that uh De- uh, Daniel Craig has been really unhappy with the new Bond script and he's especially asked her to be flown to LA to rewrite it or he won't star in it. Yeah, that's just <laughs> so fucking cool. Can you imagine? That's just right, so Bond. cool. Oh my God. She's yeah. She's and also, best. wait, one more amazing thing and then we'll shut up about her is I was reading this Vogue profile on her and she was a droid in Star Wars. <laughs> But like she, she went for the role, and she didn't. She hadn't watched Star Wars before, and she didn't know what a droid was, and so she was just like acting out the role as a human because she didn't know that they're robots. And then she was like acting it out, and then the guy stopped her, and he was like, "Oh, can you like, I don't know, can you be a bit more like a droid?" And as he said it, he like moved his arms like a robot, and so she was like, "Ah, oh, right, robot," and then just like was a robot, and she got it. That is hilarious. Yeah, oh my God. so good. She is the best. Okay. Um, shall we wrap this up so I can go and watch the rest of Fleabag? Yes. Let me know what you think as soon as you finish watching it, please.
And then next week, we will be coming to you from London and LA. I know. Both overseas. Such jet setters. So devo that I'm not there. I know. We won't think about that. Yeah. Mm. You have to bring, like, you have to, like, transport a whole bunch of my stuff that I forgot. Oh, yeah. Fuck. I know. Our friend messaged me today and was like, I also have a pair of shoes I need you to take for Izzy. And also, I'm taking, like, a bag of clothes, a pair of shoes, sheets. Sheets. (laughs) (laughs) So much stuff. Wait, did the clothes arrive at your work? Yeah. Perfect. Mm-hmm. But not the cool. sheets. Good that I live in LA now because I don't have to like lie to Anton about how I got these magical free clothes now that I don't have a job. I know. <laughs> it's like my fucking, I don't know how I'm going to do this anymore. I know. Um, okay. Well, I will talk to you later. And for everyone who has now reviewed Thanks to Grace literally being like your shit fans. If you don't, thank you. Yes, thank you. We love you. We're finding that bullying you you is quite effective. So we're going to have to continue with that, unfortunately, because it's the only thing that seems to work. Yes. So rate, review, subscribe. You can follow us on Instagram or you can join our closed Facebook community after work drinks podcast. Bye. I feel like we've, we've been doing some good Instagram recently. I feel like if you haven't checked it out. There's been some pretty, yeah. good, pretty good content. Me too. Instagram is fucking funny. I know. And I feel like ours get like similar likes, like they're really similar tone. You can't really tell whose is who. Like it's a real great dynamic we've got going on. Love. Love. <laughs> okay. Okay. Bye. Love you. Bye. <laughs>